Chris. Terribly. Unnecessarily long drum intro. So necessary. Your hand isn't on your chest. Hold up. Episode 43. Shout out our Apple Podcast listeners. Yes. Our Spotify listeners. Yes. Our Amazon Music listeners. Yes. Fucking loud, that, isn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> blow all our eardrums out. Our SoundCloud listeners. Yes. Them, them as well. And our nasty, nasty. YouTube Listeners and viewers, this kid and terribly episode 43, baby. Come on, England. Come on, boys. Come on, England. How are you, Johnny? I am feeling extremely patriotic. Oh, yeah? Filled with nationalist verve. Um, mm. I am, I've, uh, I've been rekindled with the spirit of empire, yes. uh, ready to conquer the world yes, intellectually, scientifically, militarily, and economically. Yes. Um, it's a bit like watching, it's a bit like watching a, a real life version of Star Wars or this Jubilee shit. Tell me more. So there's a lot in common between the queen and Darth Vader, right? They both, oh. uh, wear moody crowns. Uh, both oversee ailing institutions that rule vast quantities of space. Right. Uh, both essentially find their wealth from exploitative practices over their domain. We're really starting this heavy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the new series of Obi-Wan Kenobi came out and I've been banging that out. But it's been remarkable to see like the symmetry between the Imperial Order parades and mm. all the dickheads celebrating down the mall. Megan was looking right though. She's always looking fuego. Not going to lie. Yeah. Reminded me of the Rachel Zane days, season one, season two of Suits. Maintain it's the worst TV show ever made. Yeah, but she, in those first two seasons... Very good. Undefeated. Very good. Undefeated. Very good. And she's returned to similar levels. Wow. Um, so she glowing. She glowed. She glowing. Oof. Do you see how it was, the sun tried to do a hit job on her? Because like she was playing with one of the kids in the balconies. And the headline is like, Meghan Markle caught telling children to shush. Really? <laughs> yes, bad jokes. Yeah, Pierce Morgan was on something as well. Oh, uh, but not Pierce. Yeah, not to be. How hath no fury like a man scorned. Yeah. Still <laughs> pissed off that he sent her in a taxi to somewhere else when he was uh, to be li- on a date with her. Literally got Emmanuel Petit. Yeah, <laughs> Mazeline. But big up all of our listeners. This good and terribly, we are back again. How are it you, Rich? Jubilee. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Just, um... Are you similarly... Patriotic and nationalistic. Oh, it's been a bit weird, isn't it? Like just seeing people like leave their house to go to like St. Paul's Cathedral and go into the park to see the battalions They're and bunting. the planes and all that stuff. All that. It's been it's been very weird. Well, so I, said I didn't know I had like this many patriotic people around me yeah. who loved the establishment that much. Yeah. I'm a bit uncomfortable now because... The Darth Elizabeth is flying X-wings over the palace. It's all a bit strange. It's all yeah. a bit strange. But otherwise, I am good. The sun is shining. It would appear... That's hopefully summer is about to begin. When yeah, does it officially become summer? Is it June 20 isn't something? It, isn't it summer July? Solstice? Oh, is it July? Maybe. Otherwise, I am June, good. I am good, 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 good. I am good, so wonderful. Very good, very good, very good. Um, the verdict is in. The verdict is in. Um, haram. One of the most haram court cases in history, surely. Look, is it too soon to say city boys are up? Or 
Uh, I mean, it's never too soon to say City Boys are up. City Girls down 15 M's, actually. Is Amber Heard a City Girl? Discuss. Uh, look, some of the toxicity within that City Girl ranks, she definitely embodies. Like what? Uh, beating on man and lying about it. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you've been living under a rock. Johnny Depp has won his multi-million dollar US lawsuit against his ex-wife. Haram. He's been awarded 15 million dollars. Dollars. Um, which is essentially a combination of compensatory charges and punitive damages. Somehow she ended up getting like 2 million for defamation as well. But ultimately, this 2018 Washington Post article, which she wrote and published, which essentially incriminated Johnny Depp, mm -mm. which he took offense to and took her to court for $50 million over, has now swung around and he is now looking at a big cash out as a result of this Virginia <sighs> jury's ruling. Johnny, you seem very upset by this news. There have been a lot of people who've also been upset by this news. I am not sure how I feel about it. I can't say that I was heavily invested in the whole court case from the beginning. I didn't watch much of it. I just saw the things that were floating around on social media. She shat in the bed and all that other stuff. Um, Which is objectively funny, by the way. That it's is, not funny. It's not, not, on my, not on my Egyptian cotton. Like, allow it. Um, they might be velvet people, you don't know. They might be velvet. Um, it just slides off. There's no need to that's go to, disgusting. There's no need to go to Slides court. off? Depends how good your velvet is. Yeah, I guess. A lot of people are saying that this, rightfully, I think, it's fair to assess this whole debacle as being quite damaging on both sides. Uh, most people are speaking on how toxic that marriage must have been for it to have gotten to this point. Mm. Some people are clearly on the side of Johnny Depp and see this as a massive win for males who have been persecuted and lied against and had their reputation dragged through the mud pre all the way to post trial. Um, and women and many women advocates have said that this is a dark day for any woman who in the future feels like she has a claim of being a victim of domestic abuse. Johnny, you are restless. And normally I'm, yeah. I mean, when you say city boys are up, I kind of feel more like the incels are up on this one because it seems like the, the vast majority of the brigade of guys who you've seen like tweeting and putting shit on Instagram and celebrating Johnny Depp's uh, win against this supposedly unfaithful and lying former spouse, the exact type of bloke that never actually gets any turn to start with. Um, it's just a very weird and damaging case for many reasons. I wasn't particularly invested in the thing as it was going on. I kind of like saw it as reality TV. Maybe the, maybe the best box set to come out of America, given like the dearth of cultural quality and lack of creativity in modern... Yeah, I'm about to cancel my Netflix. Capitalism. Party. Yeah, it's dead, isn't it? Yeah, so, but dead, this was right. this like the closest thing to a decent box set that America's put out in yeah. fucking years, right? Yeah. Uh, and it kind of like crossed over the whole like true crime and like legal drama shtick and... It kept us all going for a few weeks, but it was really after the result came out that I started to give a shit. Because um, I just started to think that none of this really added up. And we spoke a few weeks ago about Johnny Depp having lost a case in this country. So he was he took the son to court over libelous claims um, that he had been abusive towards um, Amber Heard. And the UK High Court found that in 12 out of 14 cases um, that were tried... Uh, or 12 out of 14 instances in the case, the claims put forward by the son were found to be factually accurate, so they couldn't be libelous. 
12 out of the 14 instances had found that he was smacking his missus around or doing other abusive shit to her. And, you know, in order to lose a case to the son is quite impressive. Um, you have to be you have to be fairly not on top of your shit to accuse the son of lying and not win. Um, so for them to one up you generally shows a lack of morals and integrity to start with. Right. So then it made less sense to me that this case was going on. So I thought I'd have a look. And what this case was, as you said, refers back to this piece that she wrote in the Washington Post, mm-hmm. where she simply stated that she was the, a survivor or she was a woman representing survivors of domestic abuse. And she had been through it herself. She never actually mentioned Johnny Depp. She never re- referenced his name in Mr. the Mr. Vivas, if you're, if you're on this energy today, we're going to argue. She never said that. No, uh, no, no. Don't do put don't, in paper don't. it was him. She merely said that she was someone who had survived <laughs> Fam, domestic This would be, abuse. what was it? How long was this? A month? A month and a half? A hundred hours of, of testimonies and right. all this other stuff? Right. If it wasn't him... That she was talking about, right? That's a hell of a fucking slog to go through when you could have just been like, Johnny, I wasn't talking about you. But she was talking about him because it's been found in this country. In in Britain, they already found that he had battered her. So what's your point? The point is that firstly, it's very it's very sus that a defamation case has been awarded to someone who wasn't actually referenced in the content that was found to be defamatory. That's very weird to start with, right? But also, uh, the more wider implication is that women who claim that they are, and this is where the wider backlash has come from, women who claim, or women who state that they have been victims of domestic abuse are now open to be found defamatory in court by their abusers. And that's what this precedent said. That's why this is very fucked up. But do you not want to talk about the fact that the claims, I think the jury found that a lot of the claims that she made about the domestic abuse were disingenuous because she, on many occasions, was in fact the abuser. So and that she acted with, I can't remember what the term was, something like acute malice or something along those lines. So, so, there's, so, there's a few so it's, it's from the perspective of, yes, she wrote this Washington Post article saying, I am a victim, I am an advocate, yes. But that would imply, if you are going to go public, that would imply that you yourself have not been involved in dashing out the licks. So, and it would appear she handed out several, several licks. So, And I remind you, shat on his bed. Okay, so there's a few things. The first thing is that um, there's, there seems to be some kind of like pattern of expected behavior for victims of domestic abuse to suffer through. And that it should all be like silent snow angels and totally innocent. And if you've ever done anything back, you can't have been a victim of domestic abuse. And that's bollocks, that's bollocks. I actually stated on this podcast a couple episodes ago that I think they're both fucking weird. They're yep, both we deplorable people. That was our conclusion, right? yeah, for and sure. And they're both very sus, and they'll probably end up getting back together because this is how toxic <laughs> relationships work. Um, but that isn't to say that what he did to her isn't true, right? That what she claims he did isn't true, right? right. And actually, this case wasn't about whether or not it happened. It was about whether or not the claims made were defamatory. But do you not find it a bit strange that like we're living in a time where it's been recognized, I think, by most that this was, I guess, shame or wrongdoing on both parts. But the balance of where this focus of abuse kind of sits right now is on the female side. Sure, and that's, but that's and what's that's, meant that's a problem Absolutely. societally, right? Because again, it, it, that makes it a less safe space for men in some respects. Because if he has been having his ass kicked for the last however many years they've been together, but dished out a couple of licks himself, he still has a right to say, wait, what about me? I was a victim too. And that's the part of this conversation that I don't think is quite 
being had sure. enough. So, I, but I don't think I don't think anything about her saying that she was a victim of abuse inhibits his capacity to state that he might also have been a victim of abuse. And that wasn't the point of the article. I, I don't think in the article she ever said that Johnny battered me and I never did anything back to him, right? Because that would be facetious. We all know that they were both doing fucking. But it's implied, but it's implied, isn't it? No, it's not. Of course, it's implied. No, it's not. Of course, it's implied. No, because you can... I am a victim of domestic abuse. Yeah, and he could be a victim too. Because they're both fucking domestically abusing each other. They're both suspects. They're both fucking wrongins. If everybody then drags Johnny through the mud and you as the ex-wife has an opportunity to say, yes, I am the victim, but I too have also been an abuser. I think that but paints a slightly but different but picture. But if you, ref- him, if you what, withhold... There's nothing against him posting his own op-ed but saying that, that maybe, but no, but that's the him. onus isn't on him to come out and be like, yo, by the way, I'm a victim too. It's not he, That might not be the way he wants to operate. He might not want to be public. But it clearly is because he's just sued her for defamation, right? But that's that's going about it the right way. That's actually not going about that it. Is, that is going about it no, the right way. He been, goes through it legally. These claims were already proved nah, bro, to be accurate. I'm sorry. But anyway. Look, this case is going to get appealed. And I think a lot of people who come out celebrating this as a win for men or for Johnny Depp are going to look like fools. Because I think he's going to lose this on appeal. I don't understand. Uh, so first thing, we all know that the American legal system is entirely fucked in a hundred billion different ways. Anyone who's ever watched any of this uh, true crime shit um, from making a murderer to whatever knows that jury selection processes are extremely sus in America, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the jury, as I understand, actually, the jury in this case were not even sequestered. They were not removed from public purview. These guys were on social media looking at all the pro-Johnny Depp memes, right? And there's been a significant amount of capital spent on pro-Johnny Depp content, which is why it's been flooded all over our Instagram, all over our Twitter, all over our social media of how much of an idiot Amber Heard's Why are people is. so against da, 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 pro... Da, da, da. But why are people so against the pro Johnny Depp? Because it's been it's been asymmetrically flooded through everyone's but lens. But the minute so pe- Even people who him, aren't interested. But that's not true. Right? Like but the balance... Is, people look, are, he is going to have to live with this, with the, with the label of being an abuser, a female abuser for the rest of his life. There are certain accusations that there's no clean slate or bounce back from, right? Right. And, but he did do it because but, it's found in this country that he did it. Okay, sure. You could say, for example, that there are loads of things about the justice system in the UK which could deem that verdict not necessarily 100% correct. I'm glad that you made that point. So, So the reason that the case in the UK has more merit than the one in the US is, going back to the point I was making, that defamation cases, as I understand, generally don't have juries, especially when there are celebrities involved. And it's because it's extremely, extremely difficult to uh, find a... Uh, a balanced and impartial jury when there are emotional attachments to the subjects of the case, which is why libel cases in this country are ruled on by experienced judges who aren't Johnny Depp fans and aren't Amber Heard fans. What happened in the case in the US was they got 12 Jeffs out of fucking nowhere. Half who of are the, who are the jury? We don't know the jury. But we don't know. I mean, they they're, they're select, they're, they go through a standard jury selection yeah, process. So we, we, right? can't, we can't call that into question. But if they're not removed from public purview, then they're, su- they're subject to the same saturated content that the rest of us have been over social media for months. No matter where you've looked, even if you didn't care about Pirates of the Caribbean or Aquaman or whatever, you've never seen any of the fucking films. If you go on YouTube, if you went on any social media website, you were being given content. Why? Because money was being spent on that. And there were interest groups, mainly, like I said, the fucking weird incel lobby and right wing groups who were using this as a case to stand up and say that men are un- unprotected, men are underrepresented in abuse cases, in court trials. And Johnny Depp is our champion because he's the one that's finally fought back against these evil women that lie about us. 
there's a political angle to it, right? I mean, there's a political angle to everything, but there has been a political angle to this. It's been found that a website, I think it's the Daily Beast, which is that weirdo Ben Shapiro's website, has spent 40 grand on adverts on YouTube and, and, That's weird. and, and publishing money. That's weird. Because it furthers an agenda that you incels are right. The incels are right, bro. These women are evil, bro. They don't want to give it up to you. And then, and then if anything happens, they're just going to cry. They're going to cry rape, bro. They're going to cry rape. Like, it's tough. It's tough being a guy. Like, you, you feed people this kind of content that, that makes them comfortable. And that's how you get clicks. It's how you get subscribers. It's how you get listeners. Yeah. One thing I didn't know is the text messages that were, that were floating around that Johnny Depp was meant to have written about fantasizing about, like, murdering her and stuff. Right. And that's totally he cool. Was gonna, we should celebrate this guy winning the case. He was going to shag her burnt corpse or yeah, something. We should celebrate this guy winning the case. All you people celebrate, like, you guys need to check yourselves because... This is horrendous on a hundred different levels. This Johnny Depp guy is no sane. And that he's won this case doesn't mean that he's innocent. It just means that the case is fucked. The case is very fucked. That can't be the conclusion that just because he's won the case is fucked when there's clear evidence that she was also very, Not very for fucked. Why is it that the guilty verdict, or sorry, the pro-Depp verdict right. is a conclusion that because the jury something is that fucked? Because something that has been proven... That with, all did, aside, been with all of the noise aside, with all of the noise aside... It can't be noise. To, no, no, I'm talking about the agenda, the social media sure, sure, agenda. Sure, sure, sure. It's fucked because something that he f has been found to have done in court in this country has been used as uh, has been has been labeled as defamatory in court in another country. That's fucked. He beat her. We said that that happened in this country. She said that someone. Why was it done in the UK, by the way? Because the because it was the sun. The right? sun published the claims. So the sun said that he beat her. Court found that accurate. Amber Heard goes back to the US, says someone beat me. Johnny Depp goes, that's defamatory, and the US justice system goes, hmm. Even though it, we, even though it's been found to have happened in the UK, uh, that is defamatory. That's fucked. That's fucked. That's fucked. And you think she's going to win an appeal? I think she has to win an appeal. I mean, the case shouldn't have even about been allowed to happen by virtue of the UK High Court ruling. How many other civil cases have ever gone to fucking mainstream TV like this, or ended up all over your? Uh, no, but people I asked that question. But constantly. I asked that question on the last podcast, or whenever we first spoke about it. Why is it on the TV? Like, and you guys, I think, said to, you and Josh said to me, that's just kind of how the system public is. Public interest. Well, I mean, so no, I don't think it is just public interest. I think they just have in certain countries, or sorry, certain states. They just have... They are publicly available. Yeah. But it's different between publicly available and pumped through every fucking possible it's high media profile. it's high profile. There are other high profile. You think people don't sue each other for defamation constantly in Los yeah, Angeles? You think TMZ don't spend half their lives dude, in court? Dude, it's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It's right. high profile, right? So, so, so you might expect some level of public attention, but the fact that people like me who have no interest in it are being pumped with our algorithms indicates Bro, a serious amount of cash being spent. Our TVs, were pumped. Our TVs were pumped with OJ. Our TVs were pumped with... Snoop Dogg, uh, TVs were pumped with all of these back in the day. It's just, again, if it's high profile, we're going to see why it. We're in a social why, why do you think the OJ case might have been pumped globally? Why do you think that was significant? What do you mean? There was a political angle to the OJ case. I think maybe you're thinking a bit too deeply. If there are massive, massive celebrities mm -hmm. who are involved in a crime mm -hmm. and there is an option to watch their trials on TV, naturally that's just going to have footfall, isn't it? <sighs> I mean... Irrespective of the social media pandemonium around it, that's that's gonna have a draw. Sure, there's, if it, if as it's, I said, if there's it's some Jeff, level Jeff and, in, in, Jeff and, some Jeff and level Beth, of attention expected. We all tune into Judge Judy. I mean, that was a different one. That's because she's <laughs> she's a Jewish queen and she deserves all the attention that she gets. No, but you feel what I'm saying? Like there's curiosity around cases. Full stop. Sure. Even when we don't know who, sure, the, who the clowns extent. are. Sure, sure, sure. And if you are someone who who seeks that content, then you are able to find it. That's fine, right? 
But you cannot tell me that anyone has ever seen a case like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's that has been constantly pushed to the forefront of your consciousness. So do you think this Amber Heard, nuts. we'll finish on this. Do you think Amber Heard has been wronged by this overall? In the instance that was on trial, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely not here to defend anything she's done. I've established on the record multiple times, they're both fucking sus. So you're more speaking to the legal I'm, I'm speaking to the and concept, political agenda I'm around it. I'm speaking to the concept that a woman who has suffered abuse has been found to be defamatory simply for saying that she suffered abuse. This is I, like, this I, is like, I think it's very, very this dangerous is, this, for, this for her like, to take the position so that she took for, knowing what she had done. That's my take. Let's say, let's say you hit me, right? And we go to court in the UK. It's established that you hit me. Okay, fine. Then I go back to the US and I say... Someone hit me. I'm, I am, I am, the, I am a survivor of podcast uh, host abuse, right? And then you go, fuck that. I'm fucking suing you. And we end up in court in the US, right? And even though it's been established in the UK that you hit me, just because I said I've been the victim of podcast host abuse in the US, you win a defamatory case against me. Okay. I kind of wanted to get more from your view on Amber, but you, you're, you're playing the fence by talking Listen, about the legal system. I mean, but, but the, the you, you don't want to say she's wrong at all. I've said she's wrong. She okay. shot on the guy's bed. She was doing all kinds of sus shit. She was probably hitting him back. I, like that isn't that. Hitting him back. That, or that, hitting him first. The, I mean, Should we move on? That obviously reasons why she's hitting him. <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, what, what, what are the reasons? He's probably fucking widening her up. The guy, by the time, oh, okay. By the, this, this is the problem, though. By the, this... time, by the time someone's texting you about, I want to fuck your dead corpse. Yeah, Bruh. you're probably going to okay, hit okay, someone. Okay, 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 okay. Let's not, let's not. For the 101st time, I'm not here to defend Amber Heard. I honestly don't give a shit about But you her. just said, oh, she did her, some shit, it's because of him. Beyond her being very lang, I don't, I honestly don't is care about lang? her existence. She, she used lang. to be, she used to she be. She still is. I think this whole thing is kind of aged. She so. still is. She still is lang. That's be, wrong, that's beyond wrong. That, that, uh, we shouldn't have even done that. Fun, Why did we do up. that? Why did we do that? Anyway, we've got to move on. <laughs> Fundamentally don't care about what is important is the precedent that this sets that you can be you can be found to be defamatory for saying you suffered abuse. That's fucked. If it implies that somebody beat you, then it's not as fucked. People have a right to defend themselves. But he's found to have done it. Where do we want to go next? Another lighthearted topic in the US. Should we stay in the US? Might as well. Before we hop back over to the no, same side of the fucking pond. Should we not just... I don't want to stay on it long. Mm -hmm. Last episode, we spoke about a shooting in Buffalo. Mm. This week, we unfortunately have to report on a shooting in Texas. You have all heard what has happened. A young 18-year-old man left his school, went to an elementary school local to him, and unleashed and killed a number of elementary school kids um, with an AR-15, which I think is literally synonymous with most if not all of the mass shootings that you hear about in the US that at that stage and I'm very conscious of the fact that it happened about a week ago now but that at that stage represented 213 mass shootings in the US this year which is more than the amount of days of the year we have had in 2022 uh, mass shooting obviously being a shooting in which more than four people have been killed. 213. All you got to do is have a look at the statistics in America to know that year on year, this is an increasing occurrence. In 2021, there were 692 mass shootings. In 2020, there were 610. Obviously, I want to say rest in peace to everybody who passed away, who was killed. The horrible story of the teacher who was killed, his partner having a heart attack uh, while she was mourning, leaving behind four kids. You know, if you are a parent, these kind of stories are genuinely the most frightening thing you can, you can hear. 
Uh, it's a very, very exclusive to US issue, I would say. We don't necessarily have those problems here anymore. And we're going to touch upon a massive date in UK history as, I guess, the reference point for or the starting point of a great deal of change in the UK. But I guess we kind of just wanted to speak about it from a perspective of the question that keeps on being asked, which is why do we still, irrespective of the amount of mass shootings we have in America, why are we, first of all, not in a situation where they are entertaining change? And why do we not think we will ever see change? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's brutally depressive. America's just a, a wild, wild place. I, I was looking for some like nice numbers that I could reel off. Um, it's nothing nice. It's nothing nice. Uh, about uh, 1.5 million firearms deaths have taken place between, well, took place between 1968 and 2018, 50-year span. Um, that is higher than the number of soldiers killed in every US conflict since the American War for Independence in 1775. So Americans are far more adept at murdering each other than any other country uh, outside of the US has proven so far to date. 2020 alone, more than 45,000 people died at the hands of a gun, at the, barrel, at the end of a barrel of a gun, um, although half of that is by suicide, which is something else we'll get into further down the track. Um, but that 45,000 figure is 25% increase from five years before and a 43% increase um, from 2010. Um, I looked at how many guns there are in the US. It's hard to track like privately owned arms. Um, but in fifth place, um, to put it into context, the number, we're talking um, number of guns per 100 people. Uh, and in fifth place was Uruguay with 34 guns per, per, per person. And in third and fourth were Serbia, Montenegro, which is the home of the most brutal post-World War II conflict in Europe uh, before the Russia-Ukraine conflict maybe makes a bit of sense. Yemen was th uh, second with 53 guns per 100 people. In first place was the US. Mm. Second place is 53 guns. 120 guns per person. 100, sorry, 120 guns per 100 people uh, in the US, which is just absolutely bonkers to think of. It's underreported that over 50% of gun deaths uh, in America are suicides and a prevalence of access to guns is a factor in higher suicide rates. That's something that has been tested mm -hmm. uh, across the world. But moving on to the concept of school shootings, it's just another topic where I end up getting very, very bleak and brutalist. And you kind of think like, well, the Democrats have a majority in the Senate, have a majority in the House, and they run the executive branch. Why don't they do anything about it? Much like abortions uh, and abortion rights, this is something that they need uh, active in order to get people out on the ballots. This is the, one of the very few remaining propos proposition, value propositions uh, that Democrats can offer to voters these days. Yeah, but and there's very little will to actually change it. Guns, but but uh, there is the higher layer on this, right? And what I mean by that is, yes, House, Senate, votes, ballots, but the Constitution is the biggest. Uh -huh. The Glad biggest barrier Glad you said to that. this all, isn't it? So one of the greatest cons in kind of all political history has been the Second Amendment argument. Yep. Right, so I've got the wording of the Second Amendment in front of me. It says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, the point of the Second Amendment, according to many, 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 many legal scholars, is to ensure that the army maintains its arms and people who wish to join the armed services can be armed um, to stop uh, any potential government tyranny. You have to remember the context in which the Second Amendment was uh, written. It was written in the wake 
of a violent military revolution um, where a significantly more powerful empire across the sea uh, was capable of coming back and attacking at any time. Uh, it was absolutely not designed for 18-year-olds to be able to buy uh, assault weapons um, on their 18th birthday. From Walmart. And, uh, from Walmart and march around school. With Skittles. Popping caps uh, yeah. into four-year-old toddlers. Mm -hmm. um, this idea that the Second Amendment gives people the right and gives everyone, should give everyone the right to own machine guns it's totally fucking wrong because it's absolutely not what it was designed for. It, it, not what it was written for. Mm -hmm. And it's only given this importance in life because of the all-powerful NRA and the all-powerful gun lobby in the United States. Yes. Horrendous. Horrendous. These fucking dickheads, one of their main um, arguments has been the only, good, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And that's been, again, proven to be demonstrably false yeah. in this case. Even in the aftermath of this Valde shooting, the resolutions that have been mooted so far are more gun training for the teachers. Make sure that we have at least armed armed teachers. Yeah, we have more armed teachers. Make sure we have. I got to say, as as, a, as someone who's a disruptive student, that would not have gone well for me. <laughs> if half of my if half of my like teachers has straps on them, I would not be here to present this podcast. <laughs> I'm very anti armed teachers. Um, <laughs> And they're talking about fire exits. They're talking about ensuring that was it. security. Cruz, shout out Ted Cruz. So the problem with this one was that there was an unlocked door. It actually mm. wasn't the AR-15 marching around the school. It was, yeah. a, it was a door unlocked. Yeah. You should have armed fed on every door because that's what normal school children need. Yeah. And if you're wondering why we feel so strongly about this, we do have listeners in America. We do have listeners, a Family lot of listeners America. outside of the UK. But if you're wondering why we feel so strongly, it's not because we are on a high horse. It's not because we believe the constitutions and the rules and the laws that we have in these countries are any better than yours, but it's ultimately because they we have- They are better. I'm not getting into that they debate. Are just, I mean, look, just I mean, wear it, they are better. Your gun laws you know, are fucking You know stupid. how I feel, but let me. And it, it, it's because we have precedent ourselves. Mm -hmm. In 1996, there was a shooting in a school in Stirling, Scotland. Andy Murray was there. In Dunblane, yeah. Uh, Andy Murray was there in which a man went in and killed, I believe it was 16 uh, children and staff members in total. Now, I won't go into the gory details of that. I remember being very, very young when that all kicked off and it being like very, very scary to think that that could happen at a school. Um, but I didn't necessarily at that age understand the wider context of gun problems in the UK. But what we do know is that was a, a huge moment in the overall rules around guns in the UK. There was a massive public campaign in the aftermath of that uh, a petition that was put forward to the government, hit three quarters of a million signatures, which comfortably meant that it had to be spoken about mm -hmm. um, in the Commons. Um, and then the ultimate result of that was that there was a mass banning of guns or gun ownership in the UK overall, which dramatically saw year on year decreases in the amount of gun crimes. To put that in perspective, there have been just four, four gun homicides reported in Great Britain in 2022. Mm -hmm. So we're saying it from a perspective of, this is something that can actually change overnight. Mm -hmm. Very quickly. Like it's, it's honestly not difficult. It's not difficult to imagine. It's not difficult to enact this change. It's just there's a lack of will. And even now, uh, support- Is it capitalism? Is it gun makers? Is it- these cowboys in the NRA who 
do these scary, spooky visits to prime minister or to presidents and say, "Look, I will fucking kill you if you try to bring my shit down." Is yeah, it? Is it? Is it the fear it. around these people? So, or yeah. is it capitalism? So, I mean, there's a few things, right? One is it's again important to remember the context of where America's come from, how the country itself was born, how it has established its uh, position as the preeminent power of the modern era. Uh, it is a country that is that was born out of violence and has ruled the rest of the world through violent means, and so violence is to an extent normalized. Uh, in that culture to the extent that it arguably isn't anywhere else in the world. And this is how you have a situation where a majority, well, actually a near majority of people are are very happy with um, current gun regulations in the US. Uh, it's how you end up with a society where any push for simple basic things like universal background checks are violently, violently pushed back against by lawmakers and by citizens. Um, the lobby interest is extremely powerful. These people have a lot of money. Um, funnily enough, um, people are pro unions when it's involved when it involves gun rights, but mm. they're absolutely anti unions when it involves labor rights. Um, the NRA are essentially just a gun, pro gun union, um, mm. you could call them. Um, the National Rifle Association, who um, who collect and then redonate money to political candidates and support candidates who uh, profess to be pro Second Amendment. A lot of their funding comes from shady places, but obviously weapons manufacturers are a large contributor to their coffers. Um, it's an enormous marketplace for manufacturers to be able to um, sell billions of dollars worth of uh, arms to from everyone's kids to pensioners and maintain this pretense that having a gun is an absolute necessity to maintaining your personal safety. Um, anyone who's grown up anywhere reasonably sus will know that like the quickest way to get into a gunfight is to have a gun on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most like, any weapon. Yeah. The most if, I, if you're carrying a knife, knife in whatever, the UK, like yeah, the most you'll likely, probably use it. The most like well the most likely way to get into a fight is by having a weapon. Yeah. Right. Like if you've got a knife and the other guy's got a knife. That's what I mean. Suddenly it's a problem, right? Yeah. Um so it's bonkers. It goes back to this old um, John Oliver thing that he did when he was speaking to someone from the NRA and he said, do you uh, accept the point that um, if there are more swimming pools around, it's more likely that you get drownings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the guy was like, yeah, obviously, more swimming pools, more drownings. And he was like, so more guns, more shootings? And he was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But you can't, to an extent, you're not arguing with reasonable people. These people are being, these people are being unreasonable by default, right? Yeah. They're being unreasonable by default because they don't necessarily this see is it. This is unrelated, but I was watching some sort of like YouTube clip the other day. And there was this uh, journalist and he was interviewing a guy who was wearing like a Confederate flag on his shirt. And he said to the guy, look, you know, that T-shirt is kind of racial. It's kind of racist. And he was like, no, I don't believe so. And he was, and the journal was like, why, why don't you want to like just wear something else? And the guy was like, well, why do you want to erase the heritage of America? And the guy was like, well, you know that this, confederate flag is typically associated with like slavery mm. and then this is when the american guy was like getting a little bit touching he mm -hmm. was like well i've not got a great deal to say about that so thank you for this interview no comment and then the guy was like but are you anti or pro-slavery and the guy was like mm, i got no comment and then the journalist was like i'm gonna give you another chance to answer that question Just that very simple Just, one. i'm gonna give you another chance yeah. to answer that are you pro or anti-slavery and he was like mm. I got no comment. And he was like, I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> Just, Are you pro, pro or anti-slavery? Anti and he was like, I got no comments. Thank you for the interview. I'm gone. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. That is weird. So you're dealing with irrational actors, right? And, oh God, it's just, it's so depressive. It's so depressing how these people have been brainwashed into believing that having straps um, is, is necessary to the extent that they would rather live in a country where 
men a mentally unwell 18 year olds wait until their birthday yeah. to legally purchase yeah. assault rifles it's wild. so they can march into schools and they consider that a price worth paying it's crazy like just being american bro like can you imagine just being american knowing that like when you're in when you're from the uk or from most parts of europe if you go out and you have a few too many drinks and you're a little bit bullshit or whatever, yeah. you know that you're, you might lose some teeth if somebody feels like sure, sparking sure. But you're you, going right? home. But you're going home, yeah. right? You might end up in hospital or whatever, but you're going to go home. Imagine knowing that like, if it kicks off at any moment in anywhere in America, oh, it's head for cover. this literally could just be... Yeah. yeah, but like even worse than that, like you don't even need to get bullshit on a night out. Like children, I, my cousins are school age in Los Angeles and they are told... They do drills. They do regular drills. School children are given drills on how to escape shooters. Can you imagine the psychological damage that does to a toddler that you spend every day during, during like what was meant to be the most fun time of your life, really, before you have any semblance of responsibility? During your childhood, you are taught how to evade AR-15. I was watching the Joe Budden podcast and there was an account of one of the children, one of the survivors at this shooting in Texas... She was next to a kid that had been killed and she took blood or used her hands mm. to essentially take blood off this person who was dead mm. to put it all over her body, face, etc., so that she could convincingly play dead. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's hell. This is just hell on earth, right? Hell on earth. And, and it goes back to like one of them. And she played dead for like an hour. Which is just like unfathomable, unfathomable horror. Like you just wonder how any of these people are ever going to get over it. Thank God America's got a good healthcare system. I'm sure they'll be well taken care of. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but like the thing that really fucks me off beyond this, uh, well, I mean, you can't really put one thing that fucks you off, but another awful facet of this is the response of the Ulvaid um, police department who basically refused to go to in go and do in, anything, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. to put this into context, Ulvaid is a town that's got Ulvaid whatever. So it's got about 13,000 people in. Tiny, it's a small town by American standards. They have their own fucking SWAT team, right? They spend 40% of their municipal budget on the police. <laughs> it's just a small, tiny town. Basically has what is described... Defund them. What is described in the Second Amendment as a well-regulated militia. Right? Yeah. They have a well-regulated militia in their town, which is bonkers anyway. Um, and they refuse to do anything. Right, So there's numerous videos of local coppers uh, fighting with parents who are trying to go in and save their kids as it's happening. They refuse to go in for an hour and they didn't do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Firstly, what's the fucking point in, in spending 40% of the budget if you're not going to do anything the one time you're actually asked to do anything? Yeah. Um, but also totally, totally puts pay to this idea that the only good way to stop a good guy with a gun, a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun because those are meant to be the good guys with guns, right? Yeah. If all of your police spiel is right, then these are the good guys with guns and they refuse to go in. Why do they refuse to go in? Because AR-15s, are too fucking dangerous for war zones. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They barely use them in places like Afghanistan and Iraq in conflict, right? Let and alone you can just pick them up from a, the equivalent of a Tesco ad. An un, a, a demonstrably and documented unwell eighteen-year-old no is able to walk into a supermarket on his Nothing. birthday, shoot his grandmother, and then go and fucking get some at school. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy, and I'm so like this gets to a point. Like every topic at some point comes to a breaking point where I, I guess in two thousand and uh, in 2020, uh, race relations was a matter where people of color, black people just went, actually, no, like this is it now. Like this is done. We're just not going to pretend anymore. Right. Yeah. It comes to a point where you just stop pretending that the other side is reasonable. And if you are pro guns, you are just not reasonable. Yeah. You cannot, we come to a point, how many small children have got but to You'll die? be surprised how many normal quote unquote, normal people who aren't crazy psycho killers 
still really want to own guns in America. And that's the scary thing. But so that's it's, it's not just irrational people, unreasonable people, as you would call them, that believe in this right But that belief system is irrational. It's because they've been fed bollocks for years. It's the belief system around it that needs to change. And that needs to trickle down. But look, man, it's um, it's it's... it's I really don't want to report on any more mass shootings um, in the foreseeable. But we probably will. Um, we probably will. Um, prayers to everybody Amen. involved. Put the motherfucking guns down. This is ridiculous. It's um, so another year goes by. Mm-hmm. And I see the contestants for Love Island and Johnny Vivas. You are not one of them. Not yet. I was, I was spent this year sculpting the body. Next year I'm showing it off. Love Island is back. Baby. I'm so excited. It's the one escape I have from this fucking sad reality. So I love, love, love So Island. the first question I was going to ask is, are we going to watch it? You're obviously going to watch it. <laughs> but then I was like, of course we're going to fucking watch it. obviously going to watch it. We say we're not going to watch it every single year. Well, I'm, I'm I'd like, don't shout me for any motive that goes on beyond <laughs> 9pm for the next two months. I'm not about. <laughs> on a busy week when you get to like the, sa- the Saturday or the Sunday and all the Love Island episodes that you've recorded are just sat there in your skybox. Just waiting for the Sunday Omnibus. So, do you know, I've actually perfected my gym routine so I can get home at half eight in prep for Love Island starting. So I can squeeze, I can squeeze a chicken wrapping before Love Island starts. I'm so ready for this new season. This is the first time where I feel like they are going out of their way to recruit people for this show who kind of already are fairly well known influencer types and, and that so on shit. and so forth. And that is, that I is think, shit. what is going to ultimately be the beginning of the end yeah. of this show. Because but, the more lack of innocence you have on that show, or fakeness rather, mm. yeah, the shitter it's going to be. It demeans the content. Yeah, right? exactly. Which is, which is oxymoronic because they're getting these people on because they think they'll be good telly. Yeah. But what they don't understand is that Love Island is the brand. Like these mm. meaty fucking kids with 10,000 followers, no one gives a shit who they are unless they go on to Love Island. Yeah. Right? Uh, they need to get back to the, I think they need to get back to the formula of just finding regular Jeffs uh, with a little bit of chat and get them to produce the content. Last season's was decent, but ultimately who the fuck remembers? Who won that again? I don't even remember. Yeah. I never watched, when it gets really shit towards the end when they start going on like those last dates and they start meeting families and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, by, I, the time they're actually, by the time they're actually all settled together, I'm not interested. I'm here for the toxic drama. I'm here for Casa Amor. I'm here for like... <laughs> Casa Amor is when it gets very lit. Properly. That's when all the... That is the that's show. That's when the ones come true. That is the show. Casa Amor is the show basically, right? This year, we have a few interesting contestants. Oh, we do, do we? One is actually the daughter of a footballing legend, a great... The most boring bloke on BT. He is definitely the most boring football commentator slash pundit we have, but... Also the worst. It's quite a contrast from what he was like on the football pitch. I'm talking about Michael Owen. Yes. Liverpool legend. Uh, well, I mean, most Liverpool fans don't necessarily call him a legend anymore because he moved on to one of our biggest rivals. But his daughter, 19-year-old Gemma. That's also far. We need to unpack this. They need to stop recruiting children onto Love Island. There should be a 25-year-old minimum limit. Yeah, the age thing is a bit it's sus. It's very sus. But what's, for me, even more sus is when you are like daughter of a multi-millionaire mm-hmm. legend of a sport. You yourself, in your own right, she's like Team GB dressage champion. Oh, really? Right? So she's already doing bits. And all she wants to do is get on TV and transfer fluid from her own gullet to somebody else's <laughs> gullet in a day challenge. 
Like what do you, what, what, what's wrong with these kids? Apparently they're not doing the food challenges anymore. Oh yeah. Which is quite upsetting because that was quite lit. They're disgusting. Yeah, that's they're the not lit point. at all. I don't have to do them. I can watch other schmucks that's do them. That's the point. Why would she want to do it? You're nine. I mean, I guess because you're 19. Because maybe, she's you're 19. just like, fuck that's it. I just like, yeah. yeah. There needs to be a minimum age limit because we can't be having old guys noncing over 19 year old girls on TV. That's not right. So they asked Michael Owen how he feels about it. And he said, and I felt the pain by the way. Um, I have no doubts that she will make us all proud. Yeah, I'm sure she will. It's probably a father's worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. But whatever she wants to do, you've got to be supportive. He went on to say, I've heard a lot about it. I think old grumpy men like me will always have an opinion on it because I don't watch it and you just hear snippets. But she assures me it's not as bad as I think. She Yo, Mike, face. your daughter's going to be clapping cheeks Don't, if she finds somebody oh, in there who she likes. She's going to be clapping cheeks in that little room that they put the romantic couples in when they've had a good week. The, the, get, uh, the hideaway. Yeah, yeah, the little hideaway. Yeah. Your daughter's going to be clapping cheeks. Oh, goodness. Um, he then said, he describes his daughter as a sensible girl, explaining it's quite a big thing. And whatever she wants to do, you have to be supportive. And I think, and this is where I laughed, I think I've given her a decent enough grounding to be respectful. Fab. Have you ever, baby? That's that's like that's like the the, the the white British equivalent of like a Nigerian parent saying, if you embarrass me, if you, if you go on there and do any fuckery. <laughs> I felt the pain. I will fly to Spain myself. I will come myself. To, <laughs> I will come to Parma. You will see Pain Island. Fam. <laughs> There's also the very first death. Participants. Yes. The very pang looking yes. Tash Guri, who mm. is 23 years old, the very first deaf contestant to appear on Love Island. And yeah, apparently she is one of these who was already kind of known. She was like an ASOS model or so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And um, oh. is completely deaf and had a uh, cochlea implant at the age of five. Fair enough. Good and then we have Dami Hope. I picked out a few people <laughs> who were striking to me. And similar to Gemma, I just mm. don't understand why this person's going on the show. Right. He is a microbiologist from Ireland, Nigerian Irish, actually. Right. Like uh right. Like Day. They're rerunning that. Yeah, template. exactly. They're running that. Um and we'll get on to <laughs> we'll get on to templates <laughs> in a minute. Um Dammy, I just don't understand why you would do it. And by the way, when you hear this guy speak, it's very it's very sexy. The thing is about me, right? You know my Irish accent love. You you, you we share it. We right? share that. Problem is, is that like such is my love for the Irish accent. It's actually quite cross-gender. Like, oh, it is? Yeah, a little, okay. bit, a little bit. So it's quite, fluid? Conf quite confusing for me. So right. when I heard him speak, I was like... Did you close your eyes? I didn't say like, oh, that's, that's hot. I was right. just like, yo, he's going to clear up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was already living vicariously through him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, mixing Nigerian and Irish sauce is fam, it's quite a it's quite it's strong, isn't it? sauce. Yeah, it's he's, he's not a bad looking geezer as well. So it's going to be quite interesting for him. man. He's yeah, going to yeah. be clapping Gemma's cheeks. Although I have seen a lot of hate for him on Twitter because apparently he... Like, I don't know if he said something, I didn't watch the entry interviews, but basically the prevailing wisdom is that he walks out of any um, nightclub with white girl makeup all over his face. I mean, that's not his fault. Like, why are they wearing so much makeup? Uh-uh. Sometimes, sometimes I wear... Fam, you got to be careful these days. Like, sometimes I wear white t-shirts and I hug a woman and it's just like, oh, fam, fam. Just orange on you your chest. I mean? It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why you go from microbiologist... Um, and, yeah, the, and, the, and the career progression from oh, that no, is it's like very simple. It's Love Island. It's for the bag. It's for, you're statistically the more bag. likely to become a millionaire if you go on Love Island than going to Oxford. Oh no, that is true. Things we don't want to see in Love Island is this year. Are, Any from you? Um, I've, got, I've got a couple. I don't want to see. I don't want to see stable and healthy relationships. Same. I don't want to see a safe environment. Same. I don't want to see uh, reasonably well discussed confrontations. 
you want just like toxic explosive. You want like Anna, like from a couple. I years want ago, ten just, Annas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I want yeah. ten Annas. I want ten Michaels. Just putting it about. Just being childish. Literally. Couple ovies. Oh, that Michael. Yeah, Liverpoolian yeah. Michael. Yeah. Not Black Ghanaian Michael no, no, last year. No, 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 childish. It's childish. I, I just want, I want Michaels and Annas. That's what I want. Speaking of templates. And a couple ovies because he's yeah, a good we need, we need, a, we need plenty ovies yes. just to, for balance. And, and more, um, more Ambers just so she's fun. I'm glad you brought that up. Dustic. There is another mixed race Amber. Oh, there is, is there? Yeah. Mm. And she looks delightful. Does she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. But, that kind of goes on your point of templates. They get it's a template game. They right? get a black Irish year one day, and then this year it's a black Irish uh, Dammy Hope. They've got mixed race Amber who won it, and then a couple of years later they're like, "Hmm, she's mixed race. Her name's also Amber. Must they said, work." They said, but you know the one that really gets me? We're doing it again. The one that really gets me. Go on. I haven't seen any signs of it yet, but I'm sure they're going to come through in okay. Casa Amore. Square-headed mixed race brothers. Square-headed ladies. <laughs> Square-headed mixed race brothers. <laughs> Yeah, they're I'm coming. sure. Of course, they're we'll coming. Back with Avengers 100. in 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll probably be like the, one of the first two bombshells. And where did it? I've never met so many like I've never seen so many like square-headed so ladies in my life. I actually met Michael Childish Michael at, uh, in a Simmons uh, in Soho. Oh yeah. Accidentally shoulder charged him. Wow. So you know, like you know, when you're like in a packed bar and there's like what a, is it with you and shoulder charging? You mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. You shoulder charge people a lot. Is that just like you getting your cock out on the table people, and letting man know that you've arrived or what? People bounce off me. What can I say? I'm not sure about that. Uh, so, you know, like in a, in a bar, there's like a natural flow of traffic, right? Where they're like three go, three come mm, back. Da, 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 mm. and it's like, so he tried to violate the sanctity of the flow. Mm. Uh, and it like very clearly wasn't his turn to step forward. It was very clearly my turn. He tried to step into the empty space. Mm. So I just walked through him. Okay. It's very small. Very don't small do that man. too often, man. Very one day, large head. One day someone will just slap you up. I don't think he'd reach I won't always be fair. there to protect. He's quite short, isn't he? Very short. Oh, yeah? Very short. But just very buff. He's, yeah, he's stocked out, but he's ultimately quite short. Mm. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Shouldn't just don't violate the sanctity of the traffic flow. It's yeah. unnecessary behavior. Yeah, I'm very, very curious, as we all are as black people, um, about how we are going to be casted every mm. year. It's a very nervous wait to see the type of black person that they put on the show. Yeah, that is true. But there are there, there are more than often. There are more people of color than normal. Yeah, and that's that's nece that's necessary. But they finally it's, understood. But it's, they I don't, finally understood the viewing I don't, demographic. I don't, I don't just better. want a mix of people. Sure, I want a mix of the right people mm -hmm. i don't need any stereotypes perpetuated right on prime time tv it's, okay what, bad enough what are you concerned about i'm not gonna i'm not look, you want me to start fucking talking about black stereotypes i'm not gonna do it right now you know exactly what i'm talking about this yeah. point at the lack of uh jewish presence on the show i mean you guys had al we did have al he didn't really what do more much. do you want he flopped it for the team what more do you want fair play he's very pretty but offered absolutely no content whatsoever you just call him pretty he's a pretty boy offered no content whatsoever I'm just gonna let it linger, just just because you you fell in love with a guy for his voice, so grow up. But I I own that, you know. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> Where are we going to? Ne I want to talk about Elon Musk. Oh, bruv. can we not talk about what? What are they? Uh, apartheid Clyde. <laughs> Why do people like this geezer? I don't know. I don't know. He's just full of shit. He's did I not say such the a lame, Did I not say bro. the Twitter thing was not going to happen? I said the Twitter thing was not going to happen. What's the latest on it? It's not going to happen. It's not gonna happen. The guy's been like, you have to prove that fewer than five percent of your accounts are bots or whatever. It's just and they're not just like getting the research together. How can you prove that? And I obviously they can't prove it because ninety percent of Twitter accounts probably are bots. So he did two things this week that are just like one is quite lull to be fair, but the other one's just a bit like I'm sick and like you, you, I said it last time. I think he, him and Ye represent like two of the worst billionaires that that we've that we've seen yeah. because it's just like 
you could do so much. Picture me, so picture before. me being as mu- as rich as him and just being like, you know what, Twitter. Mm. <laughs> like, never, never in a million fucking years. I'd be like, um, I'd be there. I'd be there like, on, li- our, on our tropical island that we're looking literally, at. Literally, right? Like, but this week was quite funny because when I realized this, because I was, um, I was at work and uh, we were talking about like Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, by the way. Happy Pride Month. Um, to everybody celebrating. And, someone, and, to, and to those who aren't as well, shame. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Um, and someone came in like a chat and they were like, oh, Elon Musk is like shooting from the hip and being a bit of a dick. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And apparently he was on Twitter and he uploaded a picture, which was basically like a tornado. And it had like a bunch of like big corporations and their logos. Because you know how corporations, they change their logos. Yes. To like Pride Month to include a rainbow. So he basically had a picture of a tornado with all of the Pride Corporation logos of all of the big players. And then made some sort of caption or comment with regards to like what he considers to be like progressive capitalism. It's coming or something like that. As a way of sort of demeaning, kind of belittling uh, what he perceives to be companies taking advantage Mm -hmm. of Pride Month. But what he did not realize mm. is where there are tweets, there shall be receipts. <laughs> okay. Because right. it turns out <laughs> in 2018, the Tesla handle okay. uploaded quite a few oh, it did. pictures of their own in-house pride celebrations, mm. including a rainbow colored Tesla amongst all of the colleagues that were... Uh, donning rainbow colored clothing etc and then somebody else pulled out a picture that actually came from the tesla websites oh yeah tesla and he would have had to have rubber stamped this i would imagine had pride rainbow themed t-shirts fantastic that they were selling from the tesla website so his whole thing right now of being this sort of beacon for discourse and the right versus he's a the fucking left incel man this, this guy's a fucking incel is again another fucking ruse from somebody who's got who shouldn't have as much time on his hands as he apparently has but the second thing was him basically saying and following on from conversations we've had with regards to like returning to the office he has told employees uh, that they will have to work a minimum an absolute minimum of 40 hours a week in the office or they can, as he said, pretend to work elsewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck this guy. It was apparently an internal memo, which he didn't confirm. Tesla didn't confirm. But what he did do is he went on Twitter and he repeated those exact words. Pretend to work elsewhere. I promise you guys, you listeners, Johnny, everybody, we are going back to five days a week. You better brace oh, 100%. yourself. 100%. You better prepare for that reality. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. COVID, nobody's even talking about that shit no more. They're trying to scare us with like monkey pox. But are you scared about that, by the way? Yeah. Not really. Me either. COVID is done, right? We are going back to normal. So enjoy yourself right now because your little three-day flexi, whatever situation yes. you've got going on, is going to be finished. All you people right? that bought your nice houses Ooh. in commuter belt, yeah? Fam. Flexing on your three days a week. All you people uh, on the on the Lizzie line. I will on see, the Lizzie line. I will see you on the train. <laughs> you went to buy on the Lizzie line. Early. <laughs> yeah, um, why do people like this geezer? I don't know, man. The guy's got a cult personality. And like fundamentally, it's just full of shit. Like he's famous for Tesla. He didn't create Tesla. Didn't start it. Nope. Bought it, right? 
Um, how many other ventures? SpaceX, he didn't create SpaceX. I'm pretty sure he bought that as well. Um, the guys are basically, the, like, he is the epitome of the rich kid to divorce dad pipeline. Um, grew up as like the inheritance <laughs> of, like of, a, of, of, a, of an apartheid era emerald mine. Uh, and then uh, with some family money was investing in businesses and then was involved in PayPal from a fairly early stage. Uh, spun out of that and then was and then started buying other other companies with the billions that he bought. Managed to lever himself up in the bull in a bull market um, that was basically funded by unlimited cash being pumped into stocks in the wake of two thousand and eight, uh, and rode rode the crest of that wave up. And now, like whenever this guy says he's going to do anything, it never comes through, right? Like how like all these hyperloop tunnels, they're never going to get built. He created this boring company that does a bunch of weird shit. Like he reckons he invented the flamethrower. Fucking stupid. <laughs> they look um, lit though. They did look fire though. But yeah, like excuse the pun. Very good, but like people have definitely already invented flamethrowers. No, of course he didn't he's invent the flamethrower, right, but, but then, his one was kind. Yeah, look good. Look good. Yeah. Didn't sell right because nobody actually fucking needs a flamethrower. It's fucking stupid, right? Yeah. A lot of what this guy does and comes up with is just it's just bollocks. He's full of shit. He's fucking boring. He's just really and he's beyond, bored. He's, he's boring bored. and he's bored. He's boring and he's probably he's probably boring because he's bored and he's bored because he's boring, right? Yeah. Like the two go hand in hand. Yeah. I can see why his missus left him. Uh, the I guy, think they're still together though. No, Grimes. They're not. no, I no, think they are. Not. I think they've got like a pretty fluid relationship thing going on where like he he, he gives off enormously divorced energy. If, yeah. like, he could, if you were if you were to if you were to Google like the archetypal divorced geezer, it would be this dude, right? Mm. he's very very sus I can't be fucked to talk about him anymore I've, I've spent so much so many weeks hours years of my life having to like pretend this guy is any way meaningful I don't care why beyond the, beyond <laughs> has he come up in like conversation he's come up on multiple episodes how many times have we had to fucking do Elon Musk bits whether it was uh, whether it was the uh, some SpaceX shit that we had to do whether it no, was I think the, we had to, I think it was when uh, when the Dogecoin thing was going yeah, before, when the Bitcoin to, thing yeah, that, that was, was when Zavi was still here yeah, Zavi loves him some he Elon loves, I mean bare people love Elon I just I would love to know one thing that Elon Musk has actually contributed to society right when you're that he, he came up with this plan he's like give, uh, I'll give I'll, I'll give six billion quid to come up with a, if you can come up with a plan I'll give the six billion pound to eradicate world poverty yeah. and the WHO were like here it is here's, here's cash Not, maybe the UN food program were like here's, yeah, yeah, here's the it. plan here's the plan yeah, give yeah. us the money and he was like nah, nah. guys just full of shit man yeah. fuck you when you're that rich and you're not doing anything social for your life I just got no time for you I don't care apartheid Clyde go suck yourself in it apartheid Clyde I quite like that um yeah I uh I don't get it like the geeks that I know they're like oh it's very very rare you have somebody who is as good with the engineering side of the business as he is with the not. marketing and the sales thing. You, but it's not. With Apple, you had like Wozniak, who was the engineer guy, and you had Steve Jobs, who was like the commercial guy. With Elon Musk, we've got both of that. You he can go into a room of tech people and he can break down all of the programmatic no, stuff and talk all of the different languages. Bullshit. And then he can go into a, a, a marketing meeting and he can do all of the big mm, picture. No, I'm just can't. like, bro. Cap. cap. <laughs> Hella cap. It's cap. Cap. Just move on. I'm bored of this guy. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about your boy Boris? Uncle Boris. He's in trouble. Yeah. He's in trouble. Two people who probably aren't going to make it out of this year. Mm. Boris and the Queen. Yeah, equally divorced. You know Boris's missus is gone, right? What do you mean? Carrie has gone missing. No one can find her. No, we saw her today. She's not bad. At point of recording, he has just gone into... Uh, St. Paul's Cathedral was part of the celebrations and he got booed like a motherfucker. Yeah, fucking right. They're going to get rid yeah. of this guy and it's going to be Ben Wallace. I'm like, I'm just right about everything, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. It takes I mean, so long to agree with me. Shut up. I mean, it's not that fucking groundbreaking, your prediction, let's be honest. Pretty groundbreaking. Um, so we're not going to be here long at all. I actually said to Johnny, I don't want to talk about politics today. Don't want to talk about Boris. And he was like, we kind of can't avoid it. 
And I was like, all right, cool. Let's just wrap up the Sue Gray report and what it means in five minutes. Um, so, Sue Gray report was as damning as we thought. And if you don't know what the Sue Gray report was, it was the investigation into Partygate, all of the numerous parties that were supposed to have taken place when Boris was telling us to keep your dusty ass at home. So basically this report came out and it was as bad as we thought. Oh yeah. Parties were hectic. Endemic. Mad. The real pandemic. Fighting. Was the party. Vomiting. Downing Street. ABBA. All kinds of shit going on at these parties. Well, they didn't do the ABBA one. They like, they whitewashed the ABBA one because that's proper incriminating. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and then they kind of just didn't really investigate that one too deeply. Okay. I mean, Uncle Dom was fuming. It's not a party one. unless they pull out gimme, gimme, gimme. Let's be real. Um, but it would appear that Bulletproof Boris was trying to ignore the thing. He was just like, look, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we've paid our fines. Uh, what more do you want from me? Uh, delivering for the people. That's the one that they always go for. I know that people will be obviously disappointed by the findings of the Sue Gray report, but what I think the British people want more than anything is a government that is going to deliver upon the policies and the mandates that they set upon so us stupid. when they voted us in. That old chestnut, just so to get stupid. themselves out of anything. Rishi, got, Rishi draws for that a lot. Um, oh, last leg Rishi. But what has happened in the interim what has happened in the meantime is that there has been a quiet accumulation of non-confidence votes of which we need 54 in order for there to be a very very prickly situation for old boris we're currently apparently if the rumors are to be believed sort of around that 40 vote mark roughly and there's a bit of internal politics going on where we have some of the senior mps on the Tory side, trying to have their colleagues withdraw those votes of confidence while they get Boris's would-be successor ready for their campaigns. Messy. Oh, Boris. Boris and his famed agenda. Remember, the guy came into office in December 2019, won the election on that manifest in 2019. COVID kicked off three months later and they've basically spent the last <laughs> couple of years implementing Labour's manifesto. From everything from like furlough spending to wealth taxes. So like this idea that the Tories are delivering for the people so bollocks because they've done fuck all except transfer wealth from the poor to the rich and put your energy bills up. Um, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, the Sue Gray report, like it could have been more damning. They've probably hidden half of it. It's all caught up in circularity. The, the, Sue Gray couldn't investigate certain bits because the Met were doing it and then the Met concluded their investigation and then referenced that the Sugro report would say more, but then the Sugro report said that they wouldn't investigate it because the Met had already ah, investigated nice it. Nice circle. So that, that's been very good. Um, very good to watch. Um, I think Boris is on his last legs uh, because uh, he, is, he has now got to a point of unpopularity within the general population that he's not in danger of losing votes to Labour, but he is in grave danger of losing votes to the Lib Dems. And that's actually the danger to the Conservative Party. Yeah, as we covered. Speaking. Um, these moderates um, who thought Labour were a threat no longer think Labour are a threat, for better or for worse, and now are no longer fear voting for the Lib Dems. And so they're going to lose not only a lot of natural Lib Dem voters who went Conservative last time, but they'll lose kind of like borderline Conservatives to Liberals because of his improbability. I still don't really think he understands just how badly he's pissed people off. And I think it does take for MPs to spend a bit more time in their constituencies to understand the level of public anger on the on the on, at the door, as they say, on the on the street level. Um, but I think that, as I said at the time, he wouldn't go in April because it would be too soon. They'd wait for the next fuck up to come. Um, and I think that the more revelations come out about uh, Partygate and the more leaks that come out, 
that, that, that he'd just been egregiously partying in his own flat. Uh, the more the pressure ramps up and the rumour is that Carrie Simons has tinned him, I think it gets to a point equally where he doesn't want to do this anymore and the Conservative Party realise that they're better off giving a new leader a year and a bit before they go into a general election in 2023. Um, and like I said, it's Ben Wallace season. It's Ben Wallace season. That's the guy that's coming. That's Rishi, Rishi's managed to fuck himself. He might come back in a few years' time. Jeremy Hunt isn't particularly popular enough, but Ben Wallace has developed himself a good standing. He occupies that kind of space of like competence in contrast to the vast majority of the present cabinet. Uh, and I think he's going to be the front runner. Liz Truss is a nobody. Um, Why do you seem so deflated talking about the politics section I didn't want to do? <laughs> like, I mean, like, can, one, you, can you get some energy? Bro? One, we've done two thirds of a bottle of Ray, which is a bad idea before that, recording. Uh, why, yo, guys, it's 3.30. 3.30, We've been here for about an hour and a half together, Johnny mm -hmm. and I. He opened up a bottle of Ray and Nephew. Mm. I was dying. Which he has polished. Well, almost, not quite. Just so you know the energy that we record with. Mm -hmm. Anyway, another interesting topic, mm -hmm. which uh, we've kind of touched upon it before. Have we? But I think it was at the stage where it wasn't quite a trend. It was just more of a one-off. Right. We are seeing in football in the UK a trend of footballers who are otherwise representing England at international level. Right. Who are switching their allegiance nationality-wise. Traitors. To their, <laughs> to their, uh, to their African heritage mm. countries. Now, who is it that we spoke about? Who did it? I think at the time it was Zaha. Was it Wilfred Zaha? Around well, the time. He's one. Uh, no, he he would have done his a while ago. No, it was someone who went to Ghana, who, who was waiting for Ghana to qualify for the World Cup to decide that he was going to switch. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, uh, Hudson Adoy. Yeah, maybe it was Hudson Adoy. But he's actually in this as well. So there are a few players who have represented England at the under 21, under 18, under 17, under 16 levels. And in some cases, even at full cap level, who have decided that they're going to withdraw from representing England to represent countries such as Ivory Coast, Ghana, um, and Nigeria. And where's Wambasaka from again? Congo. Congo, yeah. And I just wanted to talk about it just from a perspective of it being an interesting trend. And I wanted to explore why, why we might think that this is happening. Now, Tariq Lamptey, is England international um, at a youth level. Yep. He's going to switch, apparently about to switch to Ghana. Oh, really? Yep. Aaron Wambasaka, who's not been capped under Gareth Southgate's England. Um, and I think that's a bit crazy, to be fair. Which is mad chat. That's, that's a bit crazy. Continue. Um, is about to represent, or I think has made the decision to represent Congo. Eddie Nketiah, who has represented England, uh, I think various. All youth, the way up the All the way system. up the youth system. Similar the leading under 21 goal scorer yeah. all the time. Similar to Tariq Lamptey is going to switch allegiance to Ghana. He is shit though, so I don't really mind. He's not shit, he's good. Um, and Callum Hudson-Odoi, to Johnny's point, is close to making that decision if he hasn't already. But that's a dickhead thing because he waited for them to qualify for the World Cup and then was like, boys are coming. Cool. The, the context around it isn't as important to me. Chris Hewton, Tottenham legend, uh, who is the national coach of Ghana, mm -hmm. I didn't actually know he was half Ghanaian. I knew he was obviously he's clearly mixed race, but yeah. I didn't know it was Ghanaian. Good Irish boy. Yeah, Irish Ghanaian, exactly. Uh, born in London. He is head coach of Ghana and he is obviously overseeing this <clears throat> this sales pitch, I guess, if you want to call it. He's making these youngsters he's understand. He's making signings slightly. Yeah, basically <laughs> making like some pretty key signings. And ask any African person that you know 
what their opinion is of like international football within the African continent. And they'll all typically say the same thing. And it's usually along those, those sort of fantasy lines of, oh man, wouldn't it be sick if all of these players who were actually from Africa who were representing like Netherlands and Portugal and, and Italy and, mm. and Spain, wouldn't it be sick if they all like actually play for like their, their mother and father's countries or countries where they were potentially born? And it would appear that that picture is beginning to be painted. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're wondering how it's possible, back in the day, the rule was if you represented a country at international level in a competitive fixture, that was your lot. So if you were very, very good at 19 years old and you got picked for England and then you ended up not being very, very good and never got picked again, that was it. You couldn't switch, you couldn't do anything. The rules then changed a few years ago. Freddie Canute. Yeah, where it essentially said, you have to play a competitive game at the senior level. No, it's now, if you have played no more than three competitive oh, really? matches, oh, you shit. can switch, which is essentially why the likes of Zaha are able to change. Because but he they never had, played a friendly. Just to be very, very clear, it used to be you couldn't have played a competitive game for a country if you wanted to change nationality. Now, it's players can switch countries if they have played no more than three competitive That's joke. matches. So you can actually play at a World Cup for two different countries? Correct. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they approved that rule change, I think it was a couple of years ago. I mean, look, it's a trend that I am bloody all for. Oh, 100%. Um, I think it will absolutely equalize um, the state of affairs from a, from a competitive landscape. But why do you think this is happening? Do you think there's like a, as a result of the world that we are living in now, I don't want to say post-George Floyd era mm -hmm. or whatever, but do you think as a result of where we are right now, this sense of like national pride, heritage-related pride, black pride is at an all-time high and, and, and people are just like, look, yes, I could get a massive bag playing for England or for Italy or whoever, but that's not what it's about anymore. Um, I would like to believe that. And I think there probably is, I think, Again, the post-George Floyd era, whatever the phrase means. Um, people yeah. are more in touch with like the importance of connection to their background insofar as it offers an anchor in a country that you don't necessarily feel a part of. And that's an important cultural connection. And yeah. I'm sure young black kids, um, talented black footballers will now consider it a more serious option. But do you think if Hudson Odoi was regularly being picked for England, he'd still choose to play for Ghana? That's a very good question. Do you think if Eddie Nketiah had a starting spot for England, he'd still choose? Do you think if Tarek Lamptey wasn't in competition with maybe the greatest bench of right backs that England's ever produced, he'd still choose to play for Ghana? I'm not yet convinced. I'm not yet convinced. So you think they're almost doing their heritage a disservice by essentially making no, them a second choice? Not necessarily. I mean, I do Or a second resort, or I, a last resort. I, gen I believe that they genuinely feel connections to these countries, right? Yeah. I, mean, I actually don't know whether or not, how often they visited, whether or not they speak the language, even that's not particularly important in the context of feeling pride of mm. one's heritage, but I don't know what their feelings are, but I would suggest that a lot of these players, if they were, if they were regular England starters, I don't think they'd make, be making these decisions as quickly. How do you feel about the people, and this comes up from, I guess, more white corners of the footballing discussion that this is a betrayal. You kind of joked, obviously, when I was doing the intro, but you know, betrayal that they are, tr they are traitors ultimately it's because bullshit. they've represented England and then they've decided, no, nah, I don't want to represent That's such England a bullshit anymore. argument. 
That's such a bullshit argument. Like, traitors to what, man? Like, we basically stole Jack Grealish and Declan Rice off the Irish. <laughs> Talk about it. Right? And, like, nobody... Like, we definitely wouldn't have got Jack to the Grealish final. Jack Grealish played for Ireland, Yeah, they, they both played for the under-21s. Yeah, yeah, Harry yeah, Kane true. could have played for the uh, for Ireland as well. For real. Right? Like, they'd have a decent fucking team, right? Yeah. In fact, I think if someone looked at... Um, someone looked at where the England squad, where the England squad during had, last World Cup yeah, or was it the Euros, Euros. and like yeah. if you needed four English grandparents we, like we wouldn't have had a team yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvin Phillips would not have yeah, played yeah, yeah. Sterling the man Trippier. of the tournament wouldn't have been about Trippier wouldn't have been about yeah. um, Barry these guys wouldn't have been it's like the concept like you can't have it both ways you can't have like claim to be a great country that rules the waves and run an empire and dominate the planet and then not have people from other countries be part of your country like it's fucking stupid people need to grow up um, but it's absolutely not treachery. If these guys don't feel they want to play for England, who gives a shit? Let them go play for someone else. That's fine, right? We'll still drink Stella on tour and wear bucket hats and bat them when we play them in the World Cup. But you still don't think it's an epiphany. You just think it's more, they've become a bit hard on their luck with regards to the primary choice, England, in many of these cases, haven't been called up as much as they would have liked and are therefore like, I want an international career, so... I'm going to move on. I, I think, yeah. I, mean, I guess some people just mean, aren't comfortable with awesome, the fact, but... I guess some people just aren't comfortable with the fact that like players like Callum Hudson-Odoi, Tariq Lampton, Lamptey have two choices. I think that's the Maybe part that's of the it. conversation yeah, yeah. that people just aren't quite ready for. Yeah. And they're not Perhaps. comfortable with. Um, but you got other guys like Ben Berrett and Diaz, right? Who's like yeah. suddenly discovered he's Chilean and yeah. now he's a fucking hero in Chile. <laughs> right? Like shout out to him. But like if yeah, the guy was playing for England, he would not be playing for Chile, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very few people make that choice. But again, it depends on how... It does depend on how strong a cultural affinity. I've I've always said like if it, if it, if, it, if it was a choice between Venezuela and England, I play for Venezuela. Well, just, that, that, just was, that was where I was, I was going to go to the revised uh, question. We mm. asked it quite a few episodes ago. If you're a new listener, we asked this question quite a few episodes ago. If you were an international footballer, Johnny, who would you play for? Play for Venezuela. Re- yeah. Why? Yeah. Just because like be a fucking hero. There's no good footballers in Venezuela, right? There's like one called um, Jack uh, Jackson Martinez who plays for Atlanta. And he's like fucking God because he's the only guy that plays in America, right? And there's like a couple guys that play in the Brazilian league. But we used to have a good guy called Juan Arango who played in Germany and played a bit in Spain. The guy was like a hero to the Venezuelans just because he played who in La Liga. The biggest equi- Ooh, sorry, and Salomon biggest... Rondon. We got Salomon yeah, Rondon as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like you'd be a fucking superstar uh, and mm. that would be quite jokes. Whereas I'd just be a regular Jeff in England. Um, but also like you'd have to like actually go to serious training camps if you played for England. And if you played yeah. for Venezuela, it would just be like getting batted all around South yeah, America. Literally. <laughs> that would be jokes. Yeah, I think I, I think I was on the fence last time. You were very much on the fence last and time. And I think I'm still kind of there. I'd feel... If you could have 100 caps for either country. It'd mean more. Having 100 caps for Nigeria, it would mean so much more. But I'm born and raised here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel more English than I do Nigerian for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've never lived there. Um, that itself isn't isn't relevant to feeling Nigerian. No, I've never no, lived no, in no, 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 no. But I do think living in a place for a, a long time or even any time at all mm. gives you an added sense of attachment sure. to that sure, country. Sure. I haven't at all. Do you okay. know what I mean? If I think about my... T- I've probably been to Nigeria four times, mm-hmm. five times in my life. So... And those have been like holidays. Like my mm. sister at least lived there for a while and stuff, right? Like, so yeah, it's a difficult one, man. I guess I'd be like these chaps who just have the choice. So I just hope that Gareth Southgate would call me up more than three times so I wouldn't <laughs> have to make a decision, right? But yeah, I don't know. It mean much more for my parents and, you know, we've had the conversation about like dual nationality and all this other stuff and the feeling of belonging. I don't know. It would be weird. It'd be a weird decision to make. Um, but I think I'd be a bit of a fraud a bit of a fraud if i chose nigeria why 
Why do you feel like you'd be a fraud? Because I'm born and raised here. I, I represent England. I've always been here. Like, I, yeah. I can't remember who. There was one of these one of the, one of of these kids that went back to play for a Ghana or Nigeria. He didn't speak the language, but he didn't give a shit, right? Like, he, he was no, saying I mean, he's from London. I, I, mean, I don't speak Yoruba. Do you know what I mean? Like, my, me and my siblings don't speak Yoruba. And that's, mm. that's massively my parents' fault. This goes back to the, I think this goes back to the point that people who advocate for these decisions make. And the question they ask is, do you think the English think you're English? Yeah, that's, that's the, English the English don't think I'm English. Mean, no, no, and, that's, that, and that will go into it. English, and that will be right. part of the conversation for sure in my mind. Um, but whether or not people think I am English or not doesn't really have any bearing on whether or not I think I'm sure, English. Sure, that's a fair answer. So that would ultimately be where my decision, what my decision is based upon, not what other people think, you know? You're going to have to come off this fence eventually. <laughs> no, maybe, no. The, maybe the third time we cover the topic, oh, we'll come up with a grown-up answer. I'd, I'd, I'd probably, yeah, no, I can't. It's th- it's well, you said right 100 now. caps in Nigeria would mean more than 100 caps for England. Yeah. So that's kind of an answer. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> You're going through it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to my mind. Anyway, yeah, no, we'll get back to that. Right. I want to move on now mm? to relationship advice. Yes. And this one is very interesting. Oh, it is? It? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, like, I really like this one. Okay. Because it's... Yeah, it's mad. It's a bit mad. It's okay. I get I get it. I get where this guy I mean, I can't relate to it, but I get it, right? Okay. Okay, so I won't go into the details of how, but I have recently found out that my wife of four years and partner of eight cheated on me Ooh. seven years ago. Oh. More digging into my source, and it turns out that apparently her friends knew about the cheating as well. Oh, that's bleak. Some of which were my friends which obviously adds to the pain. That's bleak. We were absolutely fine during that time. It would seem it happened in our city. Fast forward to today, and as I said, we're four years married with two young kids. I'm caught between feeling like my whole relationship was a lie, paranoid, this might not have been the only time, and whether or not, because it was so long ago, whether it even matters at this stage. She's shown the ultimate commitment to me with marriage and kids. And I know that this is what true love feels like. We are literally soulmates. With all this being said, the advice I need has to be broken down into two parts. Okay. Firstly, do I confront this and tell her that I know? I probably know the answer to that, but I'm honestly not sure I want to open Pandora's box. Secondly, what is the statute of limitation for cheating. <laughs> Does the cheating mean curtains for this relationship overall? Or at least, should it mean curtains for the relationship? Techie. That is, this is a sticky one. Do you remember back when we first started doing this? They were all like quite fun and friendly. And <laughs> it's like some real dilemmas but now. now like, people really going through that shit. People Fuck send us some know. serious shit these days. We, are, we, are not, we do not have the facilities for this one, bro. Mm, yeah. Um, but we do and we're going to give it a go we'll try uh, firstly yes confront have to confront have why because you know and we're going to do pretend that you don't know for ignorance the rest of your is life. bliss bruv but he's not ignorant anymore he's fully cognizant he's, no, he's lost the bliss that's the point yeah. he now knows um, so what are you just going to let her yeah, no, it's not about letting her but you, you, you have to let her know that you know um, and then depending on the reaction that solves question two I think um, so let her know is the first one. The first question was, do I let her know? Yes, absolutely. Second one is, is a deal breaker. Well, you know, as we've discussed in the past, there are arrangements <laughs> that can be made. Um, such as, does she owe you 
a free away day. Oh. Uh, oh I love this pod. Does she... Yeah, I think a free away day is about it. Do, do you get... I don't know, I'm just trying to think. What, I mean, what else? Is, what is the equalizer other than, uh, other than away day? That's it, basically. Right? I think so. I mean, if... Should so, he be staying? Is so, there, okay, let's break it down. Is there a statute of limitation? So, okay. for example, if you find out... 20 years into a relationship that in year three, your wife played away, do you end it? It's tough though, isn't it? It's, tough. it's, it's a bit of a it's case by case job. What I, what I would say is if you, can, if you confront her and she lies about it, right? And you know, let's say, let's say, let's say that this source is good info, whatever, and other people, if you confront her and she lies about it, then that is game done, right? Surely. I think it's I think it's I think it's tough to put an arbitrary statute okay. of limitations. If she doesn't if she doesn't deny it, if she says I absolutely did that. So then we're in the negotiation stage, right? It's 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 defining the terms of the away day. What would you do? You're on the fence, bruv. What would you do? You find out your woman of eight years cheated yeah. on you year one, honeymoon period, everything was fine. She clarted next man. <laughs> such bleak terminology. <laughs> Uh, no, I think it, I think it's game over now. For you, I think so. Yeah, I th well, I want to even cheat, if you're eight cheat, years in. Cheat. Yeah, I think so, because then she just lied to you for the next seven years, mm. and that's long. <laughs> She's been holding the secret for seven years. Did she lie? She withheld. She withheld. <laughs> she didn't confess. She, yeah, did she lie? I hate when people say like that person lied when I mean, they didn't actually right, lie. Was that person to tell a lie? Were they different. truthful? She wasn't truthful. She didn't admit I it. I mean, maybe there was an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, maybe there wasn't an opportunity to like lay that out so on the Rich, table. Rich's advice to everyone in the relationship is every once a year, ask your partner if they cheat. I mean, that apparently year. is the world that you want to live in. Like, why? Wh wh why would she? I mean, she why gonna, would she volunteer she's that obviously info? Trying to, she cheated on it. She's obviously trying to keep it a secret, Johnny. Right? Okay. She doesn't want that to come right, out so because dishonest. it was an insignificant blotch on an otherwise beautiful CV. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a sticky blotch. She cheated on him and kept her mouth shut. That's bleak. She needs to own that, right? But if she moves sus or denies it or whatever, then they, I, I still, like 20 years later, I think that's, there is still grounds for curtains. I 20 years later, kids, yeah. all that shit. You're like, yeah, done. Oh, 20 years later, the kids are growing up. You can definitely curtains that. That's a get out of jail free card. You can <laughs> all move right, on. All right, so this guy's situation, eight years, you've got two young kids. <sighs> Comes down to how much money she's got. Because if oh, she's rich, Jesus you can get nannies out of it. You don't have to raise the kids and you're proper uh, scot-free. Okay, let's say she's broke. Shouldn't have married her in the first place. <laughs> Look, I don't know if there is. I, I, I think, to be honest, what I do think, you think? I Rich? think there's got to be a statute of limitation for most things in life. To be honest, mm. right? What's your statute of limitations for your partner cheating on you? You, you were right when you say it's probably not in anyone's interests to to put an arbitrary number on it. But. I think if I am in the 20 years example, mm. finding out about something in, you know, year one, yeah. I am probably getting over it quicker. Mm -hmm. I think if it's a newer relationship and I'm looking back at year one being amazing, honeymoon period, no problems whatsoever, and you still cheated, I probably walk away. Mm-hmm. So I think there has to be a statute of limitation with, with most things in relationships. But it's tough to put a number on it. And it's actually funny you raised that point because I was kind of thinking the other way. I was thinking if it was a 20-year job, right, and they cheated in year 
one, then you can kind of like maybe understand why someone might play away in year one because this isn't a settled deal yet. We're not married, we're not kids, whatever. Mm. Let's say you're on a 20 year job and someone cheats in year 10 yeah. and keeps it quiet for 10 years. That's almost worse, right? Because then you are settled and committed to each other. So like, is that statute of limitations 10 years? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't from it? From the point of cheating or is it dependent on the length of the relationship? Like it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's really tough. Just don't cheat basically. But I, I am a believer. I am honestly a believer. In cheating. Of, one, in cheating. <laughs> frequently but two like <laughs> uh once a cheater always a cheater i do believe that like, like it take it takes a certain kind uh, of like i don't know mechanism man. to get yourself over the guilt of doing it right some people are comfortable with it some people will never do it but like men and women and everything in between right some people are capable of doing it some people aren't capable of doing it once you do it it's become you become desensitized to it and you're more likely to do it again right hmm He's found out about one instance now. Well, if she hasn't even admitted to one, there might be others. But what if there isn't? Let's just be very hypothetical. Right? Sure. One instance. It's so, bad enough that she's so not the antithesis up, to your claim. she's told all of her friends. Everyone except this guy knows. No, That's no, bleak. I, look, I don't know the finer details. They know. So they may have been there. They may have seen it or whatever. Like, it doesn't mean... And they kept it secret from this guy now. He's been mugged in public. Yeah? Imagine going, you've been going out for drinks honest, and dinner with part, all these people. That part of things is probably even more trickier than the cheating itself, That's to be fair. Bleak. The orchestration of the all lies. All your over. friends have been yeah, keeping yeah, yeah. it quiet. That's madness. So you'd walk away. You're advising this gentleman to walk away. Yeah. Leave the two kids. Leave well, the no, eight confront years. her first. Confront her first. Get in a way day. What does confronting do, though? You find out, right? Yeah, but he know, knows. Yeah, but if she, whether or not she fesses up to it. But fessing up means what? You still said he should leave. So fessing up doesn't mean shit. Uh, no. I said he should confront her first. Right. And then see if she fesses up. And then if she fesses up, you're still saying he should leave. Then he should be negotiating away days. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> how many away days would it take for you to stay? As part of your negotiation. You've got to find out how many times she's cheated. I'm asking it's you, Johnny, be, why do you keep once, doing this? If, she's, if she cheated once. Yeah, with this exact same then scenario. There's one away day. And you're even, yeah, and you're evens. Nah, I don't know, man. I'm getting at least five. Swear down. Are you kidding me? Swear down. Are you kidding me, bruv? <laughs> but she cheated year one honeymoon period. I'm getting five, fam. <laughs> I'm pulling out that shortlist, bruv. And what if she says no to five? Uh, to be honest, like, it depends. It depends on negotiation skills. She might bring me down to like a three. And I'd be like, okay, You take cool. a three. And let's get serious now. How does that better the relationship long term <laughs> she's giving you license well to play away and then and then what is the relationship better for in fact, it you know what in fact you know what actually true as a feminist true equality isn't asking for permission it's just cheating on her because she didn't ask you for permission right she traded away had the away day you didn't get to know about it so it would only be right that you actually just cheat so just cheat on her cheat on your wife and keep it quiet. And then neither of you had to confess anything to anyone else. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, the, it, the problem it, here is kids. Uh, if there weren't kids involved, I'd say walk. 100%. But it's where you've got kids, that's where it no, becomes that's, a bit more No, that's very tricky. That's very, very tricky. It, it would appear like there's a lot more cheating. Why is everyone cheating these days? Going on. Why are all of our submissions about people cheating on each other as well? Is it that we are finally coming to the realization that we are not ready for monogamy and it's not biologically Everyone possible? cheats on everyone, basically. I mean, are we, at what stage? Because we're doing a lot of work in like DNI in this world, but I think the right. real conversations that need to be had the real oppressed are around the, the household. The real oppressed and people how, are polyamorous I mean, people. Yeah. When are we going to be ready for that combo? Like, I don't know. It's actually I, the, I don't want to be on the hill on my yeah, own. It's, it's the wedding lobby is too powerful. Yeah, it's crazy. No, but it's true though. Everyone just like clapping cheeks, bruv. Everyone's just... Without remorse. We are, we are mere... Indiscriminately. We are mere apes. 
With that's Gu- what I'm saying. With Gucci. <laughs> that's that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Try saying that to certain genders. Wow. Wow. Didn't say which. Which? I didn't say which. Which? I shall not say which. <laughs> <laughs> I seen you coming, motherfucker. <laughs> I seen you coming. Don't bat that one away. Keep your submissions. Wait, what was, what was, our, oh. what was our resolution? I said, so my, my resolution is confront her, see if she's honest. If she's not honest, then you walk. If she's honest, negotiate in a way they all see how you feel. But you have to confront her. That's the most important thing. But you think once a cheat, always a cheat, right? I do. So your advice is a little bit messy because you ultimately would leave. But then you're saying like he should negotiate terms. I don't think that's going to work. That's I mean, negotiate terms is obviously not going to work. very sustainable. Yeah, it's obviously not. It's not like he's going to feel much better getting it out of his system by shagging the neighbor. Might help. Or the nanny. Might help. What's your suggestion for this uh, submitter? I think there's a statute of limitation. Which is? To your point, dependent on the situation. Right. I don't think if you are 20 years into a relationship and you hear about something that happened in year one, you should be like screaming to, to Lord Jesus, your savior, and like asking for a new man. Um, so yeah, it's very, very, very dependent on the circumstances, the situation. Having said all of that, it's all about your, and I've said this a few times, it's all about your kind of worldview with regards to like what the significance of cheating is, mm-hmm. right? He said a lot, right? He's like, I'm absolutely convinced this is my soulmate. It seems as if he doesn't even want to have this conversation because he's scared about what he might find out. Clearly, I think we're on a, in agreement that he should have the conversation. Yeah. But it sounds to me like he isn't going to leave her and that's personal to him given how amazing the relationship has been otherwise. And I think there's a lot to be said, you know, with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I talk about, like, my life experience, you know, I've got a half-brother. So I know exactly what it's like to live in an environment where cheating was forgiven. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because my mom was 100% amazing with my Mm half-brother. Do you know what I mean? And my mom and dad didn't break up as a result of the cheating. So it really is about your, you know, how you're set up internally. Um and what your stance is on how important cheating is and whether or not it is make or break to your relationship. If it is, then obviously you've got a decision to make. If it isn't, then I would say you can probably, maybe with away days, get on with things with the mother of your two children who also happens to be your soulmate. If you're not set up for it and you, like Johnny, think always a cheater or once a cheater, always a cheater, then it's going to be a very, very tricky future for <laughs> you and your now ex-wife. Good advice. You pulled out at the end. Thanks. Uh, you were supposed to do most of that. That's kind of how the dynamic goes, right? Right. I read it out. You no, I was quite advice. succinct. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, so I wasn't. I didn't say you were. Shut up. Keep your submissions coming in. It's summertime, baby. Baby. I want to get, you know, honestly, to Johnny's point, we need some more, like, we need some more crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we do all this serious stuff. Uh, my, man, uh, my, man, my man moans like a woman. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's get that, we yeah. want that genre of yeah, submission. We are not like. actual counselors. No. So please, <laughs> yeah, please need, just give us the crud. People need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us the crud. <laughs> the want, streets are not safe we anymore. Want, we want content, not uh-uh. cases. <laughs> um, you seen the Sweden Gate thing? Let's finish up. This, this, this is haram. This is utter madness. So if you don't know what we're talking about, like there's been a bit of a Twitter thing. Storm. Let's call it a storm. Twitter storm. Around what it's like to grow up in Sweden. More specifically, what it's like to visit your friend in a Swedish household and not be invited downstairs while your hosts eat 
dinner mm. <laughs> or breakfast or lunch. This is so mad. This is so mad. And I'm somebody who was, you know, who basically almost lived in Sweden, if you want to put it that way, because I was there so often for a couple of years. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted so by this. I. Because I just don't see Swedes as being like stingy, but anybody who's been looking at the hashtag Swedengate hashtag will see various accounts of people who have gone to their friends' homes and been told, you you wait up here where we're having a little family dinner downstairs. Madness. Um, and you've basically not eaten. Have you ever had that in any household ever? I, like the closest thing that I can ever think of is like, uh, like you would like your pet. I guess in this country you would like go home at dinner time, right? They wouldn't like they wouldn't. If you were at someone's house, they wouldn't like send you upstairs while we have dinner. But you would like you just wouldn't stay for dinner. You'd come home instead, right? Although once I do remember my dad going fucking nuclear at me once because. Um, uh, my mate's mum had snitched that I'd eaten half a pack of biscuits. And he was like, don't ever fucking do that again. Like, these people aren't, like, they're not like us. The English don't feed other people. <laughs> like, if you eat half a pack of biscuits, then they'll get pissed off. And, like, food isn't, like, fucking everywhere. Yeah. You can't take other people's food. Yeah. Uh, don't fucking do this. Like, you're going to embarrass me. Um, and also, part of that was, like, the whole Latino, like, can't ever let anyone think that my children are hungry. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Even though I was, like, eight years old and I just wanted some biscuits and they were really tasty. Um, but like the idea of like being sent to another room whilst they eat, that is haram. That's so haram. I just cannot fathom a situation it's where madness. like- madness. I'm downstairs chowing down. And you've left your friend upstairs. And my friend Olu upstairs is just like playing the PS3. Bruv, what Can you the imagine? fuck, bruv? Like Nigerians are, I mean, I, I don't know. And I, I spoke to a few Swedes. I was hoping to get one of them on the phone actually, but- Spoke to a few Swedes about it and they were like, this is absolutely true. This is so yeah, fast. Like, they're like, and they think it's, and it's interesting because like, I spoke to white Swedes, I spoke to Swedes who, you know, are from various parts of, of the world. Uh, and they said, basically, it's like, pretty much like an exclusively white Swedish thing. Like, <laughs> You're obviously. Yeah, You're like obviously. they said, and they, they think it's in some respects innocent, but in some respects not. Um, they did say that it's like, you know, maybe parts of Sweden, which you know, aren't necessarily all that associated with a great deal of money back in the day was kind of where these stories, I guess, originated from. But most Swedes, and I spoke to black Swede, South American Swede, white Swede, and they were all kind of just like, yeah, this typically happens like when we went to like white Swedish homes. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, you know, man. That like, is bleak. I'm, I'm from a household where like people would come to my house and before they even came into the living room to say hello to people, they'll go into the kitchen and they'll look in the pot. Yeah, hundred and, and, and oh, two pieces of meat, a bit of rice. And, and they used to the piss room. me off, but it's just like I'd rather that. Then people, people go away hungry. Oh, but the, the idea that I would like go to my auntie's house and like leave anything less than fucking stuffed, fucking like crazy. I'd be fuming. She'd be fuming. Crazy. <laughs> she'd be. I, I, she'd be outraged at the idea anyone left her house hungry. Mazzolini. <laughs> Let alone this. <sighs> Man, you got, it's you like living like Harry Potter, being sent under the stairs to like watch uh, the Pettigrews yeah. eat the fucking eat the chow. Yeah. One thing I will say though, Brits they don't do enough like they don't do enough food serving. No, no, it's but, always like a drinks affair. But this, see, I've, and that's a big problem. I have a theory on this. Go on. What is British food? No, 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 no. But they don't make. Food. It's not There's about no the food thing. as such. But it's part I of think the culture. When, you go right? around when, when food is a part of your culture, because your culture has food. Yeah then you are more used to food being part of a community get together. But bruv, if you but go you, to- you like can a, do make fish and chips and tell the kids to come. No, you can't do that, bruv. Like, but how many times I've been to so many and British homes right. 
where there's just no food. And it'd be yeah. parties. Yeah. Which is like, there's no food. There's no you, food. You've invited me to your house yeah. at, at 7 p.m. Yeah, and there's no food. And there's nothing to eat. There's a couple crisps. Next, Am I a dickhead? Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we, we, we have some sort of resemblance, some sort of similar problem we're not far, we're not, we're not that far from sweden not too far away from it's it a Nord, so, it's a nordic thing please whatever your creed whatever your national dish is <coughs> if you are to invite people to your house feed them man you better feed them yes or, or more simply don't invite me to your house or just, don't, or just don't invite me to I'm your yard unless you're hungry, laying out in it some courses fam spreads <laughs> spreads <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll see if, uh, let me see. Uh, I don't know if she's available. She can talk about no, she's not. She's not. Fuck it. Feed your people. Keep your people fed and watered, motherfuckers. Sweden, you need to do better. Just rude. Shout out my Swedes. Um, Johnny, what are you doing for the rest of this week? Uh, I am celebrating the Queen. I am looking to only read about the good things the Empire did. Mm. I'm going to uh, find content that disparages the French, mm. the Germans, okay. and most of West Africa where possible. Yep. I'm going to engage in some anti-Chinese invective. Yep. And I'm going to eat fish and chips. So while you are drinking away, possibly even a six pence beer from the Green King uh, yeah, I'm pub gonna, chain. Well, I'm going to drink Carling because I'm <sighs> English. Yes. Please remember that our lovely, heavily persecuted, if you ask, Pierce Morgan, mm. Queen, mm -hmm. is currently sitting on an actual throne. Yep, gold, a gold throne with personal wealth of about four hundred million Great British pounds. I'm definitely a buyer there, and a jewelry collection. Yep, which is in excess mm -hmm. of about five billion Great British pounds probably in a, value. Probably a buyer there as well. All of which was borrowed, borrowed, borrowed. From countries invaded and enslaved by Britain. <coughs> Willingly handed over, naturally. I'm sure it was a long-term loan. It was, um, it, was, it was more like a friendship donation. And those countries would get those jewels back eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the £28 million that we are paying for this celebration. Yeah. Apparently, they couldn't foot themselves. No. No, that's after the £30 million a year that we give them. So, anyway. I just want to say, yeah, happy Jubilee to the Queen. Thank you for the opportunity to let us watch you on telly. I want to say, have a great celebration to all of our listeners who are that way inclined. Mm -hmm. And we shall, uh, we'll see you on the next one. We will see you next time. Are you doing the hand on heart? But yes. We're not in Peru. The only time this is appropriate is at football games when battered, by the way. I guess we are half battered. <laughs> Can you take your hand off your Give chest? Give <laughs> back that jewelry <laughs> fast, you teething bumbaclot. <laughs> then we can move on from the past. God save. Ah, uh, queen. Coward England, coward boys, coward English. Pium, pium.